Let us open our Bibles to the book of Psalms. It's the Lord's worship book in the Divine Library. And you may turn to the 110th Psalm. I trust that you love the Lord Jesus Christ this morning. We have been over this psalm many times over the years. But I want to use it again today for a particular clause that's in it. And yet, I want you to enjoy and rejoice and glory in the whole thing. Because it's about the Lord Jesus Christ as a great prince, as a great king, ruling from the right hand of God until Almighty God makes all of His enemies His footstool. That's appropriate language, and we're thankful for it. Psalm 110, from the first to the last, is one theme. It's about the Lord Jesus Christ in His resurrected and ascended role at the right hand of God. And when it describes people, His people, thy people, it's going to be referring to conversions following the cross and the resurrection. It's not in David's time that he's speaking. He is speaking of the resurrected, ascended, glorified, crowned, and seated Son of God, whom we know on this side of the New Testament. Let's stand together and read in unison these seven verses of Psalm 110. Together. The Lord said unto my Lord... Sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. The Lord shall send the rod of thy strength out of Zion. Rule thou in the midst of thine enemies. Thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power. In the beauties of holiness from the womb of the morning, thou hast the dew of thy youth. The Lord hath sworn and will not repent. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. The Lord at thy right hand shall strike through kings in the day of his wrath. He shall judge among the heathen. He shall fill the places with the dead bodies. He shall wound the heads over many countries. He shall drink of the brook in the way, therefore shall he lift up the head. Amen and amen. You may be seated. For those of you that understand the sense of the psalm, forgive the repetition. For those of you that don't, appreciate it. Repetition is God's method for teaching and learning, and we should use it. The Lord said unto my Lord... Now notice that the first Lord is in all capital letters. When the word Lord in the Old Testament is in all capital letters, it is an abbreviation by Hebrew scribes for the sacred Hebrew tetragrammaton, the four consonants, meaning I am that I am. When that's pointed up for European pronunciation with vowels, it's Jehovah. There is no Yahweh in the Bible anywhere ever even hinted at. It's Jehovah is the name of our God. And that is J-H-V-H pointed up with the vowels E and A and O from the the, the other names of God, Adonai and Elohim. 
But that's how we get that Lord there that's in all capital letters, and it's important to go over that because the next Lord in the first clause is small letters, O-R-D, because it is saying, God Jehovah said unto the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord Jesus Christ reasoned from this verse with the Pharisees in Matthew chapter 22 when he said to them, What think ye of Christ? Whose son is he? They said with their Jewish ignorance, he's the son of David. Because all they really cared about was getting another king like David that could throw off the Roman yoke and make their nation famous and powerful again. Jesus said to them, Then why, by the Spirit, did David say in Psalm 110, The Lord said unto my Lord, If David called Jesus my Lord, how is he his son? Because though Jesus Christ is the son of David, biologically and legally, biologically through Mary, legally through Joseph, he was the son of God, yea, he was God in the flesh. And so he was David's Lord, even though he was David's son. Sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. This is an event that took place after the cross. When Jesus rose from the dead, spent 40 days and 40 nights showing by many infallible proofs that he was alive to the early church and then ascended into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God where he was crowned with glory and honor as Hebrews chapter 2 describes to us and as uh, Revelation chapter 5 describes the scene of him arriving in heaven. The Lord shall send the rod of thy strength out of Zion. Rule thou in the midst of thine enemies. The Lord Jesus Christ has been ruling with a rod of iron since he sat down at the right hand of God on high. He tells us that in Revelation chapter 2, verses 25 through 27, that he is already seated in his Father's throne with the rod of iron. And then he sent the gospel out. Those chosen men that he had picked while his while he was on earth during his ministry... He sent out, and so the rod of the strength of the Lord Jesus Christ went out into the world, and as the mystery of godliness described in 1 Timothy 3.16 would tell us, Jesus was preached unto the Gentiles and believed on in the world. And he also destroyed his enemies, the Jews that had crucified him, by sending the Roman armies upon them in 70 A.D. that leveled their city, the temple, destroyed 1.1 million that were inside the city walls and left Jerusalem and Israel, the laughing stock of the world, as their people were scattered abroad throughout all nations. And so he ruled in the midst of his enemies. They had said as they crucified him, let his blood be on us and on our children. Well, it was. And the Lord Jesus Christ from the throne of glory ruled over them. The third verse, thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power. This is the Lord Jesus Christ glorified in heaven with power. Remember when he left this earth, he told his apostles, Go ye therefore and preach the gospel. But before he said those words, Go ye therefore, he said, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore. It was the reigning Lord Jesus Christ that sent forth his gospel. In the beauties of holiness from the womb of the morning, in that third verse, 
we understand that to be describing the glorified Lord Jesus Christ in the multitude of beauties that crown Him with the glory of the darling, beloved Son of God. From the womb of the morning, that is the sun bursting forth from the darkness of night with a great sunrise, Jesus is called the Son of Righteousness in the book of Malachi. My favorite cross-reference for that, the most obscure clause in the entire book of Psalms, according to expositors, comes from David in his last words on David's deathbed. 2 Samuel 23 and verse 4 describes the Lord Jesus Christ this way, He shall be as the light of the morning when the sun riseth, even a morning without clouds, as the tender grass springing out of the earth by clear shining after rain. That's one metaphorical verse describing the Lord Jesus Christ. And David knew that Lord Jesus Christ was going to be his son. And so here in Psalm 110, verse 3, the middle clause, which gives many difficulties, I see no description of the people of God, but rather of the Lord Jesus Christ himself, since he's the one that had the power in the first clause. And in the third clause, thou hast the due of thy youth. The Lord Jesus Christ is glorified forever at a young age. Not a 12-year-old, but he was taken into this world at 33 and a half, and that is the prime of life. And the Lord Jesus Christ has the dew of his youth forever. This is a description of him. Then look at the fourth verse. The Lord, there's Jehovah again in those all capital letters. The Lord Jehovah hath sworn and will not repent. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And so in these four verses so far, we have the king and priest that we have over our holy nation, over our church, the Lord Jesus Christ. He is a king. He is a prince. He's the prince of the kings of the earth, as Revelation chapter 1 describes him. And he is a priest, not after the order of Levi or Aaron, but he is a priest after the order of Melchizedek. And Hebrews 7 gives us all the details for that distinction. Now, in verse 5, it switches and refers to the Lord Jesus Christ in the third person and God Almighty in the second person, which is common in the Psalms. The Lord at thy right hand, that's the Lord Jesus Christ, at the right hand of Almighty God, shall strike through kings in the day of his wrath. That brings to mind Psalm 2, where it says, Kiss the Son, lest he be angry, and ye perish from the way, when his wrath is kindled but a little. This is the Lord Jesus Christ. It goes on to say, He shall judge among the heathen. He has. He shall fill the places with the dead bodies. Total victory. He shall wound the heads over many countries. He dashes them in pieces like a potter's vessel. He shall, break, he shall drink of the brook in the way, therefore shall he lift up the head. His head isn't hanging. He's not exhausted. He is victorious. He stops for a brief refreshment, and he lifts up his head. He is the king of glory. He is totally victorious. I want the first clause of the third verse. The whole psalm blesses me abundantly, and I hope it blesses you. This is our Savior. This is our Jesus. 
He is not a long-haired, effeminate John Lennon look-alike at some garden door begging for entry. A bearded lady is what the rest of the world makes of the Lord Jesus Christ. He never looked anything like that. And he has especially not looked anything like that since his ascension into heaven, where the Bible says he has hair white as snow and his eyes like flame of fire, and he's girt about with a golden girdle and his feet like burning brass, and his voice is the sound of many waters and the sound of a trumpet waxing louder and louder. Not that effeminate little lady that so many picture Jesus as. That isn't Jesus of the Bible. That's another Jesus. That's a Roman Catholic caricature of the true Jesus. That is a satanic Jesus to shame him before the world. But he's not shamed in this house. And we will lift him up as high as we can. And this psalm lifts him up high. And describes his enemies and the dead bodies of his enemies filling the places where they gathered together for battle. I want the first clause of verse 3. Thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power. Thy people. The Lord Jesus Christ has a people. They were given to him by God his Father. He said in John chapter 6, All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. Ah, so in the human race, there is a segment of that human race that God gave to the Lord Jesus Christ. He said so in John 6. When he's describing his people as the sheep of the great shepherd in John 10, it says in verse 28, My Father which gave them me is greater than all. So again, the Lord Jesus Christ refers to his people being given to him by God the Father. John 17. Jesus in prayer to his Father said, As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. You know, no one ever wants to use those verses. They can't think deeper than John 3.16. It's as deep as they get. They don't even know what that verse means. But they won't, they won't deal with John chapter 6. They won't deal with John chapter 10. They won't deal with John chapter 17. Because in those places it tells us that Jesus had a special people chosen out of this world and assigned to him to redeem. And he said in John chapter 6, I will lose none of them. Thank you. He's a victorious Savior. Here it simply says, thy people. By reading the rest of Scripture like we're supposed to, we know what that means. Thy people shall be willing. They are going to voluntarily pursue the gospel, repent of their sins, and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. On what basis? His power. Thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power. Now, brethren, let me give you one illustration, and I need to sit down from this psalm. And it's one of my favorite places. I have to go here when I use Psalm 110. And since I'm going to speak of it, we might as well turn to it. It's Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power. Now this is after the cross and after the resurrection. And the preponderance of conversions that took place as I've already quoted from 1 Timothy 3.16, were Gentiles. How in the world do you get Gentiles to come and confess that Jesus of Nazareth, a Jew, was the Son of God, the reigning King of the universe, and coming to judge the planet? 
How do you convince Gentiles of that? To forsake their idols and to worship the Lord Jesus Christ? By the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. No man can come unto me except my Father which is in heaven draw him. And I will raise him up again at the last day. Okay, Psalm 110. The Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. The first sermon preached after Pentecost was about that Jesus. Peter rose up a week after the Lord Jesus Christ ascended into heaven and he opened his mouth on the day of Pentecost full of the Holy Ghost and he preached from Psalm 110. Acts chapter 2, verse 32. This Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we all are witnesses. I and the other apostles have seen him alive by many infallible proofs after his resurrection. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he hath shed forth this which ye now see and hear. And what they were seeing and hearing is fishermen from Galilee speaking fluently in the languages of the earth by the power of the Holy Ghost. Verse 34, For David is not ascended into the heavens, but he saith himself, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand until I make thy foes thy footstool. Therefore, this was his invitation, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly, that God hath made that same Jesus, whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. He is the Lord of David, and he is the promised Christ of the prophets. He is the Messiah of God. He is the Savior of his people. What was the effect? Verse 37. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart, and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? What made them say that? What made them say that instead of running Peter through with a javelin? Thy people shall be made willing in the day of thy power. And here's the Lord Jesus Christ in power at the right hand of God. And he has empowered a fearful little man called Simon Peter. Whom a little maid at the fire behind the chief priest's house got him to use cursing and oaths to deny that he ever knew the Lord Jesus Christ. Now what's he doing? Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. He pinned the blame right where it belonged on those wicked Jews. And then he identified the Lord Jesus Christ at the right hand of God where we should keep him always in our hearts and in our minds, always there in our worship, that we will worship Him according to the Scriptures and not the inventions of men who are moved by the devil himself to shame Him before so many. Let the truth go forth always in this place. Let it go forth in your homes, just like Peter preached here under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. May the Lord bless the reading and the short explanation of Psalm 110 to your understanding.